grab a Bible. There's some on the... Ooh, this might be a little loud. Um, there, there's some on the sides of the, of the chairs. And if you can mute these mics, it'd be awesome. How, how are y'all doing? Oh, let's hit those all on, babe. Yeah, that one and that one. Oh, you got them. Well, nope, that one. Very good. My wife's amazing. Isn't she amazing? Okay. Sorry. Why? This guy's... Um, I have missed you. Thank you, Beck. I was hoping somebody... You know, it's been like forever since we've been here. On um, October, the first week, my wife and I went on a cruise um, and uh, had, had fun. I know you've all been wanting to know. Yes, we had a blast. And um, it, we were in Ka, Ka, Cozumel, who's about to get rocked by Rita or whatever that storm is down, down south. So I'm glad we're not there now. And then the revival weeks when we thought we were going to have it in the FCA Field of Faith and Revival Week. That's why we've not met since then. So um, I'm just glad to be back here, and I hope that you are too. Are you glad at all? Or are you glum? How has home, homecoming week been? Good? Fun? Fun? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't want to really go there. Um, who, which, which girls in in here are um, playing in the pow, powder puff game tomorrow night? Okay, we got we, we got a few. Oh, great! Oh, that's going to be impressive. Hey, and what I've heard. Uh, wait, let me share this. I've heard about Delaney. She's fast. She can't catch a ball, but she's fast, and somehow that's going to work, right? Right. I'm rooting, rooting for you. Um, and is is Yuli going to win? Yes. This week, you think? Yes. Okay. Okay, well, that's good. Because you don't want to lose your homecoming game. That's like depressing. You know what I'm saying? Who hears? I know. It, J- Jack, do, do you get to go to, to the dance and like like re- referee the dance or whatever it is? This is the only one I've been to. Is it? Is she? Is she here? No, I, look, I was like, I didn't see her. They were looking. All right, cool. Well, anyways, it, it, it's good to chat. I was wanting to just to chat a bit there. Um, let me ask y'all this: If I use the term "unstoppable force," what does that make you think of? Superman. Superman. You don't, I, I didn't hear Dan yet, but unstoppable force. What? What do you say? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, unstoppable force. Beasted. Who? Yeah, as long as he plays the last five minutes of the game and not the first 50, 55 minutes to get hurt, right? But but we'll, actually, we're going to talk more about that. That's in my notes here. Don't you worry. The book of Acts, what book are we in? Oh, good. Okay, good. Y'all are amazing and on top of things. I thought I'd give y'all a little help by accident. Now, the book of Acts is about the church and when the church really begins and it begins to grow. And when you read the book of Acts, we've been through three and four, and Peter um, and, and John have been, um, they healed a, a lame guy, a guy that, that, that could, could not walk in the name of G- Jesus. The verse, Acts 3, 6, who knows that verse? Silver and gold have we none, but what we have we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Right? Y'all knew that, right? Right? That was the verse. And so they healed him in the name. This guy who had been lame from birth couldn't walk. His legs didn't work. He rose up, began to dance around, 
Um, and everybody began to talk, and Peter begins to preach the word to the crowd, and many come to know Christ. Some of those that are in charge, the high priests and those that are in charge, they begin to um, get upset, and they talk to them. They tell them, don't speak in that name again. They, um, they, they go out and they speak in the name of Christ again. They tell them, don't do that again, uh, or we'll, we'll hurt you, and they, they actually beat them. They go out, and we're at that point where they've gone out, and they've, they've begun to speak in that name again. Even though they're under threat, under being um, warned that they're going to be hurt or killed, they're still speaking about the name. Does that sound like an unstoppable force to you? Because this is what's unstoppable about it. It's not just like a couple guys that speak and everybody hears what they have to say and they just go on with their day. The, the people stop, they hear what they have to say, and they're changed. They believe in Christ. Their life is changed for good, and it grows. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Does that remind you of Christianity today at your school? It, did, does it feel like an unstoppable force? Or does it feel like a... Did, uh, I think of a balloon that's been blown up sort of with air but not tied and you sort of let out and it goes... Does it feel like that sort of a lot of times? I mean, it just feels... Huh? Well, maybe not, but for some, I think we can feel like it's ineffective. It's not. It, why, is it, why aren't we that unstoppable force that they were in, in Acts? What, what, are, what did they do? Because the same ho, 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 Holy Spirit that was in them is, is in us if we believe in, in Christ, right? Yeah, maybe. The same one, the same one that, that, that moved in them and gave them courage and boldness to speak and to act is in us too, right? Yeah, it is. So what are we going to do about it? So turn here to Acts chapter 5 is where we're at. And this isn't on the um, screen at all, but it's Acts chapter 5 and verse 12 through 16. The Beforehand, the church is just being the church. They're going, I'm, I'm going to just read a part of this. I don't think we have, have it for the screen. Um, but uh, something just buzzed. Did you hear that? Am I like really loud? I feel like I'm shouting, but maybe it's just come out of these things. I don't know my hair's about to fall. I don't know what that means. Now, look in here in verse, um, if you've got your Bibles, look at this in verse um, 14. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and, and, and women. These guys are being the church. They're being obedient. They're being the church. Verse 15. What, what is that bug? It was like flying around my toes. Sorry. I thought it was a bee at first. And I was about to scream like a girl. As long as it goes towards y'all, I'm good. Okay, it's gone. Sorry. Ready? Verse 15. 14. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. God was doing such a work, and people were being healed and changed, that they were just trying to get on the streets to where they would walk, that Peter's shadow would go across them, because they were wanting to know who God was and believe and be changed and be healed, that... It seems to almost imply that even his sh- shadow, God could, could use that to heal those that, that were there. You go, wow, that's pretty amazing. So, keep going. In verse 16, the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Everybody getting healed. Men being obedient to God, being warned, do not speak in this name. And they're going out and they're still going. But we cannot help but speak about what we've seen and heard. In Acts 4, we've read that. And so they are just 
going out and doing what they're called to do. Look here in verse 17. It says, But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public pr- prison. Now, what's a Sadducee? Anybody know? It, it's, a, it, it's a pretty cool name. It's actually... The high priest, it was like a sect or a group of the high, high priest, or um, not even the high priest, but they believed um, in part of the Word of God, but they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They did not believe in life after death, and they did not believe in a- angels. So when you died, you just life came to an end. There was no existence. So that's how you sort of remember what a Sadducee. Um, they didn't believe in life after death. That's why they're sad. You see, you got that. Sadducees. They didn't believe in. It. That's why you're. There's okay. That's how I learned it in college, and it stuck. So maybe you'll go. I know that at least I've at least learned one thing tonight. So amen. So I want you to know they were doing what God called them to do. These men see it, they get mad, and they throw them in in pr- prison. Does that make sense to you? Because we believe that when you're obedient to what God says to do, your life is going to be great, right? Well, that's sort of almost been a taught belief that well, if I do what's right and I do what I'm I'm supposed to do, then then life is going to go well for me. Have we heard that before? Some of us maybe, are we asleep tonight? Do I need to run around and speak in tongues? Well, I sort of do already, but it's just called stuttering. Now, um, we have this belief that, well, if I follow God and do what He says, then life's going to be nice and easy and grand. It's going to be great. My kids are going to be safe. Y'all don't have kids, but I do. And, I, I, you know, and, and they're going to be smart and do the right things. If I do the right things, then they will. And life is just going to be so grand. And what's funny is we take spiritual obe- obedience and we think that it translates to worldly blessings. But spiritual obedience translates to spiritual blessings. And it sometimes has nothing to do with the world. The world can still be junk around us. And we tend to lose sight. So my first whole point I want to talk about of why were they an unstoppable force. I want you to understand this truth. Obedience to God brings persecution. Not every single time. But lots of the time... It does. And in, in this point, these guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're preaching for God. They're standing up for God. They're doing everything right, and they're put in jail. And you go, dude, that's not fair. But do we understand that there is a ruler of this world that is not God? God rules it all. But there's someone who's allowed to rule and rage on this world. Right? His name's not Obama. Not Osama. He's dead. Not Yo Mama. Right? Because she might rule your world sometimes, right? Yeah, you better listen to your mama. But it, it's Satan himself rules the world, and so we we sometimes. Why do we think? Why is my life going so hard now? Why is it so hard to do what's right? Because I know I'm going to get a lot of crud and a lot of flack. Why is that? Do you understand that when we obey God, Satan do, doesn't like it, and he's going to attack you. When we disobey God, Satan is going to cheer for you. That we're all of a sudden on his side. Why, why are we, why is the church, why is the youth groups, why, why are we not effective? Well, are we obedient? 
Do we do the things, even speak up a small bit on what God says to do? Do we let it reflect out of our life? And I'm going to explain a little more. But let me share this. Let me talk a little bit about Timmy Tebow. Who here is a Tim Tebow fan? All right. I hate... No, I don't hate... That's that bad. I don't say it in front of a kid. I strongly detest with great passion and enthusiasm the Florida Gators. I'm sorry. I just do. I just do. But I want... I want... I've wanted to strongly detest Tim Tebow because he played for him. It's only because of them that they won those two stinking national titles and all that junk. But... I, it was hard to root against him, but, because why? Because he was a man, a young man, but he was living for God with all that he had and didn't care what everybody else was saying. And even though my 10-year-old son, who I'd hoped would be a Noel fan, now loves the Florida get, 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 Gators because of Tim Tebow, yes. I couldn't tell him, stop it, son, or spank him a lot, just a little bit. <laughs> I had to go for it. You know, did y'all watch the game? He had his first pro game, and there's been... I was at, at the house today for lunch, had the ESPN on, and there, like these guys are fighting over Tim Tebow. One guy's going, man, he ain't no NFL cool quarterback. And that guy's going, dude, he's a winner. He won the game. And there's a huge talk about Tim Tebow. Well, I heard something about three days ago about these guys, and they were talking about Tim, going, why do so many people not like Tim? Because there's a lot of people that don't like him. And one guy says, and I don't think this guy goes to, he might go to church, I have no idea, but it doesn't really refer to it much. But he says, you know, I think it's because he's a Christian and he's living out what he's supposed to live out as a Christian. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And that's why so many folks have such an issue with them because it sort of makes them look bad or feel bad. And I went, dude, you know, that's probably right. Now, you think because Tim lives out his faith, He's, oh, can you put me down the shade because it's ringing somewhere? Because he lives out his faith. Do you think he goes through crud and he gets made fun of and mocked and beat down and put down and whatever all the time? There's some people though that look at him and go, "Dude, man, keep it up, keep it up." And and so even a guy like Tim, who 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 from what all I've seen and heard and read, um, is living for God. He still gets beat down for it. Why? Because Satan and this world wants nothing to do with him. It doesn't match up with what life is. Their world is supposed to be like. He's odd. He's not falling into things. He's not being a, a punk. Um, so, obedience. Understand this brings persecution. Um, the choice is: Are you going to obey and live for God and have Satan fight against you, or are you going to disobey and have Satan cheer for you? Because the truth is, if he's not fighting against you and you're doing wrong and you're doing like the world, you're on his side. Or at least you're living like you're on his side. So, let's keep going. We see they're put in jail. Um, life is bad. Not that bad. They seem to be alright. Look in verse 19. It says, But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Sometimes we wonder why we don't see God move more. Do you ever, ever think that, Man, I wish I could just see God move more? Um, 
you know, I, I go to camp and, and, I, and I, I deal with some things there. And as I'm praying, as I'm trying to get right, I, a lot of times I, I can see God move and I come back and I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. But why don't I see Him move more? And I want you to understand, obedience to God brings persecution. But persecution, when you endure, brings God's provision. Sort of a big phrase there. It means God is going to work. God is going to move. God is going to... to and, and we wonder, why don't we ever see Him move? And we see this in Acts 3, 4, and 5. Every time they preach, they're, they're called in front of a group of big dog guys that say, do not speak in that name. And they go, we can't speak about what we have seen and heard. And they go out and they speak again. They go back in front of these guys and they go, do not speak in this name. We told you not to. Don't do it. And they flog them. And they go out and they speak on it again. And these guys come again. Don't you dare do it. We will kill you. They go, okay. We will put you in jail. Okay. And they go in jail and an angel of the Lord comes, opens up. They see God move. Anybody here really want to see God move? Man, I so don't want to wait for like a retreat or a camp or anything. I want to see every week, every day, God moving somehow where I go, wow, God's at work. We've just, um, uh, we've had Maylee for a year now. It's been a year and a, a week we adopted a little girl from China. And we had to really go out in faith just for us and a lot of things. But can I tell you, in my life where I've seen God's move, it's been in, with her in our lives. Um, and if we had not made that move, we would not have seen God move. Was it hard? Did we even deal with some persecution with, with it where that could have been doubt? Or some people going, I uh, don't think that's a really good idea. We dealt with that. But still we saw God move in some mighty ways. So obedience brings persecution. Enduring persecution brings God's provision. Don't miss this. Now it's an interesting, cute note here. Do y'all ever like to read Bible humor? Y'all, y'all, y'all like to laugh? It's almost like the sad you sees part. This, this verse right here is almost in your face because you understand Sadducees do not believe in life after death, eternal life, or angels. Verse 19, an angel of the Lord opened up the prison door and freed the apostles. Sort of, it's almost in your face because the Sadducees, those are in charge. Now we see something here. Look at this, okay? Well, look at this first. The angel just doesn't free them and say, go on. He says, man, go and go into the temple, into the den of those who are against you and speak the word, words of this life. What are the words of this life? The gospel, maybe? You know, the gospel, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Who comes to me, you know. Um, so he says, go do it. And they don't pray about it. They don't go, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. They go. It says they go. And at daybreak, when they can get in there, they are teaching. Now, look at this because there's more Bible humor here. Are you ready? Man, y'all look so ready. Okay, explode with excitement. Okay. Or you may just have gas. Now, verse 21. This all occurs at night. They're in jail. Angel of the Lord frees them out. Those that put them in jail have been sleeping all night. They're waking up going, Dude, man, we've got these guys taken care of. We're going to meet with them. We're going to beat them down. They are going to be rocked. And so they wake up and says, Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the 
council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have the men brought, to have them brought there. So they're thinking, man, they're still in jail. We're, we're going to take care of business. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one no one inside. Now when the captain of the, of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. Now, the guards and them were still in there. Somehow the guards did not see the men leave. They had locked them in. They were standing outside of the doors. And the angel Lord may have put them to sleep. We don't know. But they're freed. The guards are still there. They go to get them. They're not in there. They're thinking probably, dude, I don't know how they escaped, but hey, it's a good thing because every time we talk to them, they just wouldn't hear words. So it's good that they're gone. The situation's done. We can go on with our day and still rule the crowd. And look here what occurs in verse 25. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Can you just feel that group going, oh, C-R-A-P, are you kidding me? I can't believe it. Or C-Rap. Now, they were just, I mean, they, they think, oh, they're doing what? They're disobeying us again? So it goes on, look in verse 26. Then the captain with the officer went and brought them, but not by force. Because they're a little bit scared of these guys. These guys are doing some weird stuff. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name. Yet, here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Um, once again, the big dogs are saying the same thing. Don't speak this name. And understand, the name of Jesus has power. The truth is, it's got so much power, even in this verse, these men won't even speak it. They just say, you brought this man's, man's guilt upon He was said not to speak in his name. You brought his blood upon us, this man's blood. They, they don't even say the name itself. It's got power. Do not lose sight of that. Also, have you ever known someone that couldn't take the blame? It's all their fault, um, but they just sort of act like it's somebody else's fault, or when it comes down to it, they're busted, and they're like, oh, well, that was it. Well, you sort of all know that. Well, if you look in Matthew chapter 27, there's an interesting part here. It's in verse 24 and 25. It's when Pilate is there with Barabbas and... Jesus. And he's with the crowd and he's got the choice to free one of them because it's the Passover day and they can free one. One's a killer, one's a guy who claims to be God. The crowd says, crucify Jesus. We want you to kill him. Now, look in this in verse, I've got it on the screen, verse, uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse 24. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water, washed his hands before the crowd, and says, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people, understand, in that crowd are Jews, high priests, all this crowd, okay, are there. And all of them answered, His blood be on us and on our children. We're talking about a few months down the road. All, all of a sudden, they, this same crowd is saying, Why are you putting His blood against us? When they had said even there, Hey, hey, just kill Him and let His blood be on us and on our kids. That's okay. They acted like they were going to accept it. But then when it came down to it, they did. And I just thought that was an interesting, just a tweak of, uh, of who... The people that go against you in your faith, they're going to tw- twist things around. It's not going to be fair. 
Understand, it's not going to be fair. Is this whole story in Acts 3, 4, and 5 fair? It's not fair at all. They're beat down for what they, they've said. They healed a guy, and they're beat because of it. They speak a name, and they're, they're, they're mocked, they're beat, they're jailed because of it. It's not fair. Look at here in verse 29. Because they're told, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging Him on a tree. God exalted Him at His right hand as leader and Savior to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. He's saying, even for you to be forgiven, that's why God gave Him. And we are witnesses to these things, so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. I want you just to see this. Obedience is going to bring persecution. Enduring persecution is going to bring God's provision, God working. God working in your life is going to bring you inspired to proclaim who He is wherever you go. Have you ever come back, and I'm going to use camp because I see it a lot, youth or adults, they come back from a camp or somewhere where they saw God move or God work, and they come, and what do they do? They talk about what ha- happened. Why? Because God moved. God provided in their life. God worked in their life. And when God works in your life, you can't help but talk about it. Now, after some time, you get worn out. They beat you down. You give up. It's too hard. But we wonder why the church in Acts was so unstoppable, and that's why. It's because when they were obedient, they were beat down some. But even being beat down, they knew that their God was bigger. And even the things of this world, He may not change, but He was going to give them the strength to endure it. Why? So that His name could be proclaimed. Christianity isn't about you or me having a better life. It's about what well, is. Because without it, we... We're doomed because of our sin. We're doomed to no relationship with God and we're bound for hell. But we're to spread that. It's not for the comfort of this life. It's not for us to feel good about everything. So the question is, why should we even talk about the gospel? Why even talk about Jesus? And the truth is, if you've experienced Jesus or the the, the gospel in your life, you're going to talk about Jesus. If you've not experienced Him in your life, you may wonder, well, why do not, why don't I talk about Him, or, or, or really ever want to? You may not have ever experienced the gospel in your life. There's something about that that should move you, that should draw, 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 draw you. Um, throughout history, when the church has been beat down by the world and persecuted and attacked and people have been killed for their faith or, um, or just lost their homes or, or whatever, you know the church then has really flir- flir- flourished. I mean, it has been a wildfire that nothing can stop. But here in um, America, even now, they say, well, it's declining, less people are going, it's just not... You know, some people go, it's just not hip. Why? Well, because, you know what? Persecution, we're not persecuted. It's starting to almost look like it's starting to turn that way, but it's nothing, nothing to co- compare to what it's, it's been like around the world. The same unstoppable force in the book of Acts, we have it. 
it's the Holy Spirit. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. My greatest hope for you is that even this week at school, homecoming week, that whatever God says for you to do, to speak up, to live, to do what is right, to give Him honor, and when they say, why do you not go to that, that party? You go, well, you know, I just want to honor God with my body. You know, I, I gave my, my life to Christ four, four months ago at a camp, and uh, I'm not the same guy that I was. That's going to start, and, and you know what? You'll probably be mocked some, or they won't understand. But God is going to move, and you are going to grow, and you are going to proclaim how great He is. My hope is that as we read Acts, we will um, understand that our goal as a youth group is not to grow, grow big. Um, the truth is, most youth groups and churches, uh, and even I see myself, have become fat and lazy when it comes to um, being an unstoppable force. We're just not, not, not there at all. Um, and my prayer for for you and for me is that we will be persecuted. Isn't that great? That you will be persecuted for your faith, not persecuted because they don't like your nose, <laughs> but for, for for your faith, because you're living it out. Because when that happens. It just shows you how real your faith in God is. What do you believe? Even when you're mocked some, what, what is my life about? Let me ask for all heads bowed and eyes closed as we wrap this up. And uh, some of you, I just want to be able to pray for you. And, and you may be here tonight. Uh, and and, and, and um, the first invitation would be, God is, you know, God is speaking you to obey in a one specific place or more than one in your life, but you're scared to do it because you know you're going to be sort of, whether it's mocked or um, pushed aside, and uh, but you know you you need to obey Him, uh, and uh, I just want to be able to pray for you. If that's you in this room. Just meet eyes with me, real quick. You can put your head right back down. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Okay. I'm looking in the middle right now. Anybody else? Okay. Gotcha. Anybody else? Okay. Did I miss, miss anybody? Okay, you may be here um, t- tonight. And uh, and you just need, need to be bold. You just need to proclaim the name. Uh, you just need to be bold, and and really, you want to see God move, so you can pro- proclaim about it. Um, but you need to understand that you've got to do the footwork beforehand uh, to really see God move, and that your blessing doesn't come in a thing of the world; it comes in a spiritual move of God, uh, and that's where we've got to find our um, our joy. If that's you, man. If you if that's you, you just need to be bold for Christ. Just meet up eyes with me and put your head right back down. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Anybody else? Okay. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for tonight. Uh, the chance just to look at your unstoppable church and 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 what you did, Lord. And and we may not can do miracles, but Lord, we have your word. We have your truth. We have your spirit inside of us, God. And help us just to. Not be set, set, satisfied with where we are, 
but fight and strive um, to live for you, to to um, love you in the way that we obey you, um, and help us to lay down our pride and and just do it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, that's all we have for tonight. We will be next week and next week, next week, meeting back in here. Uh, access is sort of back on gear again. So have a great week. See you at the Powder Puff.